Business is simple. It's just not easy. We focus on three things to help you run and grow your business more easily. Talent, sales, and how to scale. This is the Talent, Sales, and Scale Show. Well, I didn't know where to start, right? When you just have a a four to six inch book in front of you with thousands and thousands of names in it, you're going to run into a lot of walls real quick and it's going to be very unmotivating, right? To sit there and just call a bunch of random people that don't know who you are. So, you know, if I didn't figure out who we were already being successful with, I mean, that's your, always your first start. Your best customers are going to represent what your future customers look like. So that was just a, a, a minute in my head that said, all right, if I can figure out what the people look like that actually spend money with us now, then I should be able to go find more of them. And since I was in the Phoenix Scottsdale area and it was golf courses and boutique shops, it wasn't that hard to find them. Yeah. And, and the other cool thing is, um, so that's problem solving. Most, most people don't problem solve. They just do. They get right. so stuck in the busy, so stuck in the, I'm working hard. And in reality, if they would just step back and do a little bit of planning and identifying the problem to solve for, they'd be so much better off. And the last piece that you, you mentioned, and I think in that short brief uh, conversation was time blocking. You identified two days that you were out of the office to time block. So you had not, you had multiple different ways of prospecting. It's not single channel, but omni-channel. So my guess is you were doing those cold calls. You were out door knocking likely. Um, did you have anything else mixed into that? Yeah. I mean, this was early days of email, right? So it, so it wasn't super saturated um, and it was not batch and blast by any stretch of the imagination. It was a, whatever oh. was the email <laughs> I don't even remember what it was then, but you know, it was just, you could send one-off emails to somebody. That was about all. It was just phone and email at that time. Social media wasn't really a thing. This was probably 99, 2000. So, you know, people weren't on LinkedIn. Yeah, doing like probably outside doing rubber chicken lunches and everything. Else. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But, you know, you talked a little bit about what are some of the things, you know, the curiosity and this and that. I'm actually not that process of a driven person. I'm a little bit of a cowboy. Um, <laughs> so I think that's a good transition into what happened after that. So I didn't want to get a job and I was graduating. So I called my buddy and I said, hey, let's start a business together. And he was like, doing what? I said, doing what you do, because he had kind of dropped out of college. He was working in event production, um, got hired by a big firm. He was doing really well. And he said, well, you don't know anything about that. And I said, no, I don't, but I'll, I'll let you do it. And he hung, he hung up on me. <laughs> and then I get a call from him two weeks later. He's like, all right, listen, I'm coming home. Let's do this. I'm like, all right, cool. So, you know, everyone starts a business with no experience, no money and no contacts, right? Like that's, yeah, exactly. that's pretty that's much the way to do, do it. it. Yeah. So that's what we did, right? And this was uh, 2002. We started our business. We were doing live event production and some video production in the and what was video production in those early days. And what we found really quickly was we were moderately successful, right? Like I had to go out and find channels. Like I had to find some channel partners because we weren't a big enough name. So I started reaching out to these people I did know. And you know, everyone would take a meeting, but it turned out to like, listen, you have no track record. I can't just bring you in. Cause I had, you know, I went to a pretty um, a fluent high school in the Phoenix area. And so I had a pretty easy network I could tap into out there yeah. and everyone, like I said, it was easy to get a meeting, but everyone was just like, man, I just can't risk. You're nobody. Like we don't know. You have no track record. You have no customers that can vouch for you. You have no, this, no, that. So I learned pretty quickly that we had to find some channel partners where we could subcontract the type of work we wanted to do. And we found a, a really good one in the automotive training industry 
where they needed a lot of the logistics and event production and things like that. So we took on that piece of their business and we're pretty successful with that. We wound up doing video work on the side and this and that, not on the side, but as a, as a lower tier service. Um, but what we, what we learned and the reason that business didn't keep on is that we didn't really build a business for ourselves. We built jobs, right? There was no scalability. If we weren't hustling, we weren't making money. But at the same time, the thing that came out of it was I learned about a PL statement, a balance sheet. I learned about cash flow. I learned about all of the things that, even though it was a two-person company, the executives of a company have to care about in order to survive. That in itself, that just inherent knowledge of what happens in a business and how a business runs, even though it was maybe a $300,000 a year business, applies to a $300 billion business. Right. Yeah, it's, it's kind of funny how the, the same principles apply. There's just some different zeros. And if you can speak Correct. to that, the business acumen, again, we brought it up. It's, it's terribly important. And, and I like also that it's lessons learned, right? The biggest ways that we can learn is from our failures, unfortunately. I wish it was that whenever yeah. we won, that's whenever we learn the most. Yeah, but unfortunately, it's the lessons learned. All right. So you went there, you got hung up on by your buddy. Go ahead. You had something to say. <laughs> No, not at all. So, you know, that business lasted four or five years. And like I said, it wasn't really a business. We created some decent little jobs for ourselves. But um, when it was time to move on, we were both actually getting married the same year. And we were traveling a lot. I mean, we were on the road probably 10 months out of the year. And like I said, it wasn't super sustainable. So we wound up going our separate ways and figuring out, you know, what we were going to do next. And I wound up taking a job for in sales for an e-learning company that was pivoting its business at the time. And what I mean by that is they worked, they were a traditional production business and they got crushed by 9-11. Mm. You know, they had big airline clients and things like that. So like, how do we take these resources and pivot them into something that's more modern? So they were trying to figure out in their book of business, who could they pivot into e-learning and then what would the future look like? And that's what they brought me in to do essentially was try to figure all of that out with the owners. And what was really, really fun about that is it was, I learned so much more about business because the way we tackled the market was e-learning e was maybe not as sophisticated as it is now, but it was already saturated. You weren't going to go into corporate e-learning brand new at this point and be successful. Right. Um, so what we did was identified niche vertical markets where there was high compliance, but low sophistication. And we brought in our platform and said, listen, this gives you all the capability to track and report from a compliance standpoint, but we bring subject matter expertise to your industry. And the way we did that was we found an SME in that business who was doing like live trainings or things like that and said, hey, how do you want to get another income stream for you? Partner with us. We'll turn all of your curriculum into e-learning and then you can make money off of how we sell it, Right. So what we wound up doing was created a shared service around their core business. And when I was there, we spun up five different vertical market niched businesses mm -hmm. around this e-learning platform. So I got to start a new business every few, every, every little while, you know, create partnerships. I learned about channel sales. I learned about part, you know, how to, how to partner with people. Um, obviously I had to go out and sell it. Right. So, you know, I wound up going to events and at this point is also where I got into marketing automation. So there's a little bit of a story in there. Um, during that time, I connected with who is now my, still my current boss, Justin Gray. 
And we went to grade school together in Fountain Hills, where we grew up, is a, a, a suburb of Scottsdale. And just a LinkedIn connect. Hey, what's going on? Let's grab lunch. All right, cool. So we go grab lunch. At the time, he was uh, building a payment processing company, he was talking to me a little bit about that. And he also had started this little service business. We didn't talk about that too much, but he was trying to differentiate his payment processing business. So I actually wound up selling him some e learning um, as a differentiator for that business. But it was funny after we had lunch, I started getting these like little emails from him that said, Hey, I noticed you were on my site. I'm like, what? <laughs> oh, look, you've got a score. So this was like 2009. And he was Marketo's 20th customer, if you're familiar with Marketo, the marketing owner. Yeah, so he was really leading it to him. Really leading it. She had such a bad onboarding experience that he started a services company to help companies implement Marketo, right? So we start talking more about that and I'm still running sales and marketing for this e-learning company. And he says, well, why don't we work with you to kind of go to the next level in that. So I hired them to help me implement Marketo and Salesforce at, at the e-learning company. And that's a pretty company. powerful tech stack for back in the day. Well, especially for a 20 person company. Yeah. Right. I mean, we were small, right? I mean, we were, we were, we were SMB for the, like no question about it. So I go through that. I go, I, you know, I become a Marketo power user. I'm doing all this kind of stuff. And if you fast forward a few more years, um, I was ready to make a change. And this is where the pharma thing comes in, right? And I'm like, all right, I, I'm just, this is good. I've gained a lot of experience, but I just don't feel like the growth, you know, I kind of had incentive. I was kind of incentivized like an owner, but kind of not. So I just wasn't making enough money. And my, my wife and I just had another kid and it was like, all right, we got to, we got to move on to something else. So I'm at a 4th of July party with a buddy and he's like, you should just get into medical sales. You can easily make, I don't know, I think what he said, like you could make a buck 50, no problem. I'm like, oh, really? Like, okay, cool. So how do I do that? 